Today's episode is brought to you by Hugh Kitchen. Hugh is a family-founded chocolate and snacking company focused on creating products that match ultra-simple ingredients with unbeatable taste, built on a strong mission to help people get back to human. Hugh only uses simple, real, and responsibly sourced ingredients. Hugh obsessively vets every ingredient to unite unbeatable taste with unmatched simplicity. They go beyond what is easy and expected to ensure that their products and practices are ethical and put both humanity and the human body first. All of Hugh's products are gluten-free, dairy-free, refined sugar-free, and aren't heavily processed. I tried their hazelnut butter 8-pack of chocolate bars and it was delicious. Um, it's 70% dark chocolate, and honestly, it's making my mouth water just, just talking about it. So I think I might go and grab my hazelnut butter chocolate bar right after I finish this because it is delicious, and you guys are absolutely going to love it. So what do you got to do to make sure you guys get Hugh Kitchen? Well, right now, they are offering 15% off. All you got to do is use code POD to get the 15% off your next purchase at HughKitchen.com. That's code POD, as in P-O-D, for 15% off at HughKitchen.com. That's H-U-Kitchen.com. Find out why Hugh helps people get back to human. What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Anthony Perry. And today, we are going to be previewing the 49ers versus New Orleans Saints matchup and giving a little bit of a state-of-the-franchise type overview. Anthony, this weekend, although it looked a little more manageable a couple of weeks ago, it suddenly looks completely out of reach what is your outtake on or excuse me what is your take on this Saints matchup you know to start off the Saints matchup to begin with obviously the Niners come in as heavy underdogs I don't have the gambling numbers in front of me but the last podcast I listened to with Adam Lefko and he does his own really good podcast he did this gambling preview episode and he was saying that the Niners were plus nine and they and I think it was plus nine with the spread so that means they are favored to or no, how's that work? I'm not. A, I'm not a big gambling expert, but the point being is that the Niners' spread is plus nine in the Saints' favor, which means the Saints are under nine. Um, obviously, the Niners are very big underdogs coming into this game, and it's kind of really, you know, Zach. I'll tell you right now, it's really hard to determine where this team is going. Obviously, you have including yourself and me and Matt and a lot of other 49ers fans saying that the team should really go after quarterback and that this season is kind of lost. But I'll tell you right now, I'm kind of in. I'm like there's that part of me that's in the minority themselves where it's like I want to believe this team is still good. I want to believe that these guys can go out there and surprise a lot of us and get the job done because they're what four and five right now. They're basically game back of that seventh wild card spot or that playoff spot or however that works, depending on if the season ended today. And I know the NFL just put in that new that new like playoff format where it's like if games continue to get canceled they'll add another playoff spot to the entire playoff picture. So it's a crazy scenario, man. But I'll tell you right now, 
I don't know where I stand. I really would like the Niners to get a new quarterback, and in no way do I promote tanking, but I will say that the team could use an upgrade at the position. And there's that other part of me where it's like, we've seen this team excel with Nick Mullins at times. We've seen that defense excel at times, even when it feels like everything was stacked against them. And it's hard for me as a real fan to just go out there and say, yeah, I think the Niners should just quit. And it's like, I get that you want to look at the big picture of the whole thing. But at the same time, Zach, I'm just like, man, I want these guys to do good. And I'm really torn between that. But looking at the state of the team now, I will say that part of me thinks that this, like, there's a 0.01% chance that this game is winnable. But a lot has to go right for this team to even want to sniff winning against the Saints. And we're going to break that all down, man. But I'm I'm really excited. I know it sucks to see where the team's at right now. But, you know, it's football. It's injuries. It happens. We experienced it the season before when Garoppolo tore his ACL. And it just sucks that we're in this position again. But I'll tell you right now that we get to talk about these guys. We get to bitch and complain. But we also get to talk about the good stuff. So it goes both ways, man. But overall, I'm just it, – it's a tough situation to be in as a fan but it really gives us the chance to really be critical about everything the team does moving forward. And that's just, that's the most exciting part about all this, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. There, you know, what's sad is there's some excitement when you think about, um, you know, a, a bad team that has the possibility to get a really good player at the beginning of the draft. Um, so although it is unfortunate that we have to sit through this horrible season, at least what has pretty much been so far due to injuries, um, I keep telling people on Twitter, think about when the 49ers got Nick Bosa that season before that, um, when Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL. You know, it was a horrible season and we all hated watching them lose. But looking back now... I think we can all agree it was worth them sacrificing that one year to get a player as good as Nick Bosa. And I've made the argument that, you know, that's exactly what they're doing this year. Not on purpose, obviously, but it just happened to work out that way. And I would argue Jimmy Garoppolo, or excuse me, the quarterback position is just, you know, by weight, a much more valuable position than, uh, you know, defensive end, pass rusher. So I think that the 49ers will really benefit from this. And obviously it's not, you know, how they designed it, but I mean, it, it might even make things easier because, um, I mean, Anthony, think about it this way. If, if, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had an up and down, but otherwise solid year, you know, steady, um, they might still have thought about moving on from him this year, but it would have been a hell of a lot harder. And for a guy that you're not really sure about, um, a guy that it seems like Kyle Shanahan still has to kind of mask his plays and, and tailor his offense, can't throw down the field. That's not a guy that you're well, I would be comfortable with the team paying, you know, $28 million per year to kind of win with him, almost like they're winning in spite of him rather than because of him. So I think that it just makes this divorce a hell of a lot easier moving forward. And you get the possibility of of getting a guy like Zach Wilson. I mean, we saw it was reported, um, I believe actually Matt Barr had the scoop that uh, Adam Peters, the uh, personnel of the draft, I think he's a VP of uh, draft personnel or something like that, scouting personnel. He was at the the game. So that's, uh, you know, uh, 
great for the 49ers. Hopefully they're doing their homework on a guy like Zach Wilson because realistically where they'll finish is probably within, uh, you know, arm's reach of where Zach Wilson should go in the draft. So, um, but let's go over the injury report, getting back to this Sunday. We keep talking about the draft and then we look way ahead and I get all excited. <laughs> but as far as Sunday, this injury report is pretty bleak. Um, the 49ers reported today that Tevin Coleman, uh, Flanagan Foles, Debo Samuel, and Kwan Williams are all out. Uh, River Craycraft and Trent Taylor are both questionable going into tomorrow. Uh, Kyle Shanahan had already ruled out Raheem Mostert. So it's, uh, I mean, it, it's ugly. And a guy like River Craycraft, who I believe they just signed like last week or, yeah, last week before the, the Packers game, he's already on this injury report. It seems like they just can't escape injuries. It, it's it's crazy, man. I've never seen anything like this. You know, We've seen teams throughout their history go through a rash of injuries, and it's like that happens in football, happens in baseball, happens in hockey, happens wherever it may be. But it's really just crazy to see how bad it's been with the 49ers. And they put up that graphic last game against the Packers where it's like the Niners have rolled out 71 different players and 46 different starters on both sides of the ball. And it's like... I cannot believe these guys just cannot catch a break in any way. And make of it what you will, but when Chase Claypool came out saying that he had a friend on the 49ers, which was Chris Finke, saying that those guys still practice in pads on Thursday, I don't know if that's just a practice squad thing. I don't know if that's an actual team practice thing. I think Shanahan said something about it, but I'm not too sure. But either way, when you see something like that, it kind of... Not that it's revealing, but it, I think it kind of gives you the chance to wonder what is the team really going through to help these guys stay safe and to help these guys prevent any kinds of injuries. And look, I don't want to go out on a limb in any way and say that the team is putting these guys in bad positions because at the end of the day, I think as a football organization, the coaches and staff are very morally set to make sure that their players are healthy and they're not put in bad positions in any way. But you got to figure, too, with a sport like football where perfection matters and being able to stay on top for as long as you can is the most important thing, the coaching staff is going to want these guys to be prepared and be successful. And if they're pushing them harder in practice that's resulting in these injuries, then there's, I would honestly say there's not much else you can do about it at that point, man, because it's just football. It's just injuries. They happen. But I'll tell you, it's it's weird to see that the Niners are really – really going through this big injury bug and it's really been like that the past what two seasons i mean the season when jimmy garoppolo tore his acl that's kind of a wash at that point because you knew the season was over when garoppolo was done but last year with all the injuries to guys like d ford the receivers the offensive line western rickberg missed some time everyone missed some time at some point last season and they still came through and made it to the super bowl and the difference this year is that all the key players are getting hurt. And you're seeing that happen with other teams like Seattle. You're seeing that happen with teams like the Saints as well. But the difference is that they have a Drew Brees and they have a Russell Wilson that can go out and really just carry the load. And the thing is with the Niners is that I believe that the coaching staff and especially Shanahan is good enough to overcome these injuries. 
even with the amount of injuries, it's absolutely insane how this 49ers team, albeit has gotten their ass kicked against the Packers in Seattle, at some points when the games were close, they felt very comfortable, and or not very comfortable, but it felt like the team was going to make it competitive, and honestly, it just took one turnover or one stupid play to put them out of reach early on, and that's the part of me, Zach, that gives me hope with the Saints game, is that if the Niners can just prevent those type of mistakes, and that's the thing, too, is that if they can play mistake-free football, I think the Niners, win or lose, can make this a one-score game, whether that's a touchdown or a field goal. The bottom line, though, is that this team is still very competitive, and they will still go out there and play their asses off. It's just a matter of, can they limit those mistakes? And it really amazes me that this team is able to work around all those injuries and still make it a good game, even with everyone getting hurt. So this year in particular definitely feels like it's riding against the 49ers in every way. But even with how dominant the Saints have been this season, I still want to not give up hope that the Niners can win this game. And even if they lose, it is what it is, man. I just want to see the team really be competitive. And I think they can do that. I think this is a type of game where it feels like a trap game for the Saints. But so long as the Niners don't get their ass kicked, man, I think I'm happy. <laughs> I think I'll call it a good day after that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i with you there. It's like I still have some hope, as foolish as it is, watching the 49ers just get the, you know, smack down laid on them by the Packers on Thursday night and then watching the Saints on Sunday night just obliterate Tom Brady's Bucks. It's... It, it's tough, man, but you can only hope that they're able to at least be competitive. Um, and, you know, they did face these Saints last year in the Superdome, one of the most memorable games by Kyle Shanahan's 49ers. We all know that's the game that Jimmy Garoppolo stands, myself included, uh, prior to this year, would come out and say, look to this game. He carried the team. Obviously, that's not going to happen this year. He's not even healthy. Um, but they are also facing two familiar faces um, in Emmanuel Sanders and Quan Alexander, who they just traded about two weeks ago to the Saints. And Quan, uh, excuse me, Sanders had an interesting quote here. He said that he was talking to um, Wes Welker, the uh, wide receivers coach. Um, I think, yeah, uh, for, excuse me, 49ers wide receivers coach Wes Welker. And, uh, you know, they obviously were together here. And he just said, I told him, we're about to kick y'all's blank. Uh, we don't cuss in this podcast. So <laughs> kick y'all's butt. Uh, he laughed back, but I want to kick their butt. And then after the game, we can hug it out. Um, so there's there's definitely some competitiveness there. And, uh, you know, he also said that, you know, quote, man, I loved everybody in that building because every day that I walked in there, they hit me with so much positive energy. And it starts with Kyle. Kyle sets the tone. He's a very positive dude, but he is also about working and the same amount of work that we put in. We have fun as well. Um, Quan Alexander, on the other hand, he was, or I shouldn't say on the other hand, on the same hand, basically, he was, you know, very um, optimistic about facing his former team. And he just said, God, don't make no mistakes. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan was raving about both of them this week, saying that, you know, we wouldn't have gotten to where we were last year without Emmanuel. The Saints should feel very fortunate for getting him down there with the way he plays and just the way he approaches every single day. And you're going to get that same stuff in Quan. 
I mean, he was one of the most liked guys in our building. He loves football. Both of them can't live without it. They're guys uh, you should be really happy to have. So the 49ers definitely are going to have their hands full going up against these two guys. I have a feeling Emmanuel Sanders, although he's been kind of hot and cold this year, he's going to have something special for the team this this week just because that is his former squad. He's probably, you know, even though he was only with them for three quarters of a year, he's probably looking to ball out. Um, and as far as Quan, I mean, I love both these guys, so I really do hope they have good games. I hope they both stay healthy. Um, but I just don't know if the 49ers have the ability to overcome all of the injuries that they've sustained so far. Um, do you think that the 49ers passing defense will have any sort of answer? I mean, that's kind of been their bright spot this season, I would say, is, you know, Jason Verrett, Mosley's played all right um, for the most part. Do you think they'll be able to keep Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders in check, or is it kind of like, ugh, good luck? You know, what kind of made the team... Although the Saints put up a lot of points against us last season, Zach, I think what really made the team successful in the Saints game was that they were really able to limit Drew Brees on those big plays. And obviously, Jared Cook had that big play where he got just absolutely bombarded by Keller Witherspoon and got taken out of the game. But really, that's the only big play from the Saints I can think of other than the what that big touchdown near the end of the Saints game where that was their last score and the Niners won after that. Really... That problem that the Niners are going to have is that they're not going to have the pass rush to get after Drew Brees. And you have guys like Kerry Hyder and Javon Kinlaw, who, although Kinlaw doesn't have sacks, is still getting a good amount of pressures. And Kerry Hyder, who I believe is the team leader in sacks this season, I think at four and a half or five and a half, there's just going to be no push and no interior or exterior pressure. And Drew Brees is honestly going to have all day to throw. And really, that's where the big problem is, is how well can secondary hold up and limit these guys? And Zach, I think we can all admit that as good as Michael Thomas is, he gets a lot of flack on social media for really catching the vast majority of his balls on slant routes or routes that typically put him wide open. And you can judge and be critical about that all you want, but really the bottom line is that Michael Thomas gets a lot of easy work in that offense. And with the addition of Emmanuel Sanders, we see that Emmanuel Sanders has really been that hardworking guy for the Saints this year. And I don't blame him, man. With Michael Thomas gone, Sanders is doing pretty good for his age. 30 catches, 342 yards, 3 touchdowns. So without a doubt, Emmanuel Sanders is a fantastic wide receiver too for this offense. But the matter is that... I think the secondary can limit Michael Thomas and prevent any big plays. It's just a matter of how well can they contain Emmanuel Sanders. And, you know, we can't even really factor in the secondary for this, but Alvin Kamara, of course, is a receiving threat, whether he's lined up outside or just lined up as a running back. It doesn't matter what he does, man. Alvin Kamara is just solid. He's got 565 receiving yards on 60 catches on top of rushing for over 470 yards and five touchdowns. This is basically what Alvin Kamara has been since he's been a Saint, Zach, is that Alvin Kamara is just the go-to guy in any situation. And not only is this offense going to have to contain Thomas and Sanders, but they're going to have to deal with Alvin Kamara as well, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw in coverage. On top of the tight ends and Jared Cook and, God forbid, whatever they do with Taysom Hill. So there's weapons all over the place. It's just a matter of 
can and will they pressure Drew Brees? And if they don't, how well will the secondary hold up? I'll tell you right now is that the biggest key to win this game, at least in terms of the secondary and defense, is just force turnovers. It's obviously really hard to get these guys to force turnovers, man, because Drew Brees is playing very good football this year once again. Not by his standards, but just good enough football. And... If you can force turnovers, if you can get these guys to fumble, Drew Brees has four fumbles lost on the year. Alvin Kamara has one. Jared Cook has one. Sanders has one. Uh, Taysom Hill has two. So really the biggest Achilles heel for the Saints team is turnovers. If the secondary and the Niners can miraculously do that, Zach, I think they have a shot at winning. But like I said at the start of the podcast, man, everything has to go right for them. But if it's the secondary that's going to get it right for these guys, they're going to have to force some turnovers. Yeah, and and I totally agree with that. And, uh, you know, you talked about their their matchup last season. And I think, you know, also what was so obvious then is how much of a force Nick Bosa was. He completely dominated that game. Just looking back to that play where... I believe it was fourth down, but, you know, they had the Taysom, Taysom Hill handoff and he got held and he still stuffed him in the backfield for a loss. Um, unfortunately, the 49ers do not have that this Sunday going into the matchup. They are going to be without much pressure at all generated up front. And I think that that's going to allow Drew Brees to be Drew Brees. And although... The, the you know um, the the wide receivers are going to pretty much have their way with the 49ers defense for the most part. I th- I think there's an argument to be made that the only thing that can stop them is Drew Brees. It's if Drew Brees doesn't have a great game. It's if he's able if he's you know stunted again. You know he's had a couple of games this year where he just doesn't look like himself. He can't push the ball downfield. Call it age. Call it father time. Whatever it may be. But I just think that this could, I mean, it, it, it's possible that he does have just kind of a, you know, a bad game. And this, you know, also was the same sentiment by Jose Sanchez of uh, all 49ers SI. He made the argument that, you know, basically the 49ers cannot stop mobile quarterbacks and elite receivers. And, you know, through Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, they combined for 36 receptions, 485 yards, and three touchdowns against the 49ers secondary in those three games. So they do not have a great track record. And with these injuries, it's only getting worse, unfortunately. So, the, you know, the Saints did just get Michael Thomas back. He's fresh. He's healthy. So I think the only chance they really have is if Drew Brees just doesn't bring it on Sunday. And even that's kind of a prayer I guess you could say but I, I do really agree with you Anthony the point that you brought up with Alvin Kamara he is such an underrated threat out of the backfield he is so fast once you get the ball in his hands in open space um, I remember watching a Sunday night game a few weeks ago against the Packers and he single-handedly switched the the you know the energy and the momentum of that game to the Saints favor so I think that the 49ers are definitely going to have their hands full. I think their best shot Sunday is to play keep away, run the ball, play good defense, you know, come out with some energy at first. We saw even in Seattle, the 49ers, they were able to keep the Seahawks, you know, 
with any without putting any points on the board for the first couple of drives, it was just their offense couldn't complement their defense and, and put some points up on the board and take advantage of that. So I think if they're able to come out hot Sunday, they might actually have a chance. They might actually stay in this game. I, you know, I saw some NFL Network guys predicting the score to be within seven to three points for the most part. I'm not sure if I'm going to go that close. We'll wrap things up uh, with our final score predictions. But there is a, a scenario in which the 49ers come out and they're competitive. The game is close and they are able to possibly win it. Um, I think a lot of it obviously falls on the shoulders of Nick Mullins. What type of performance do you envision him happen, having against the Saints? I'll tell you right now. I got into a little conversation with Akash on Twitter. Akash of, uh, I think, formerly of Niners Hub. I forgot what he does now. I'm sorry. Uh, That's fourth really and nine. Fourth and nine. Thank you. That's really disrespectful. I'm sorry, Akash. But I was having a little conversation with him, and I was talking about the linebackers. And it was kind of not really an aggressive back and forth, but it was more or less like a who has the better unit of linebackers between the Saints and the Niners. And... He had argued that Demario Davis is really underrated, and the night and the Saints are going to get Quan Alexander officially back. And I'll tell you right now, Zach, if there is a coach, if there's any coach that's better at exploiting linebackers in the National Football League, it's Kyle Shanahan. And regardless of if he's missing George Kittle, regardless if he's missing Debo Samuel, I know we see what happens when those guys are gone. They greatly handicap the offense. But I'll tell you, just based off what we've seen with the quarterback play, Zach, I feel like there's been so many missed plays out on the field, just from Garoppolo and Mullins and even when Bethard was in. And you see what Kyle Shanahan is doing. You see that Kyle Shanahan is executing his offense perfectly i know a lot of a lot of it comes with its flaws and a lot of people will be very critical of kyle shanahan but the bottom line is that he is executing and calling plays that are putting his guys in the best position and they're just not finishing and getting the job done and when you see that happening it gives me confidence that shanahan can call those kind of plays once again especially against the new orleans saints team where he just absolutely exploded against last season and even with the bad personnel now, I still think he can go out there and get the most out of his guys. It's just a matter of can our offense limit turnovers and can those guys actually execute? I'm telling you, Zach, I think we're due for at least one missed Kyle Juszczyk big play of the game. <laughs> like there's always at least one play where Kyle Juszczyk is wide open and he's just missing and the quarterback misses him entirely. But when you see that happening, it gives you confidence that Shanahan is calling the right plays. They're just not being executed. So if we're going to go after the Saints defense, man, if we're really going to get after these guys, Nick Mullins and the offense are going to have to go out there and execute and just put their foot in the ground and not let off on the gas. If they can do that, if they can go out there and just be aggressive for four quarters of football, this game is definitely winnable. And that's where I give myself confidence that the team can win. Although there's a lot of incentive for us not to win. But again, the playoffs are just barely out of reach right now. The team will be getting healthy near the end where if the Niners are competing for a final playoff spot, getting all those guys back healthy could be big moving forward. So that's a lot of ifs, man. But the bottom line here is that if the offense can execute and they can get those big plays generated, I think we could see a really close game. And I think we could see Nick Mullins have himself a really good game that we really haven't seen him in 2018 against the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, and I think that that's going to be key. Um, and, and there's definitely an argument to be made that the 49ers shouldn't win this game. Um, and I'm not I'm not making that argument, but I do understand it. 
Um, and I was having, you know, kind of going through the thought process in my head. Would I have rather them one win a couple more games the year before drafting Nick Bosa? Or would I rather them lose all the games they did lose and still end up with Nick Bosa? So, obviously, in the grand scheme of things, I, I, I'll take Nick Bosa, you know, 11 times out of 10. Um, however, I think that where they're at right now, looking at the teams that are likely going to finish in the top 10, I would say at least 40% have their quarterback already. So they, they might still be able to get a couple more wins this season and finish in a favorable position. Um, I think they need to finish at worst 15 to kind of put themselves in position. Um, if I, my numbers are correct, I believe they have like nine draft picks this year. So they should be able to, if need be, package a couple of picks and, and move up if they if they absolutely need to. Um, but as far as this Sunday, sorry, dude, I told you, I keep looking forward to the draft this Sunday, Nick Mullins, he could have a good game. Um, the saints defense, however, that's no Seattle defense. There are a, uh, pretty tough feat last week against Tom Brady. They just absolutely decimated him. Um, the passing defense was really good. Um, defense overall got a pro football focus grade of 78 point one pass rush um got a 78.7 coverage got a 68.7 so i mean they had a pretty good game and the worst game that they had all year came in week three at least for the passing coverage and they had a 29.6 grade against the packers so if the 49ers could do and, and what i find most intriguing about this is that the Packers pretty much installed the 49ers offense they have the same cadences they have everything so there's some similarities there. And if Kyle Shanahan can look to that week three matchup from the Saints and Packers and do something similarly. Now, you're probably listening to this and thinking, sure, maybe some things are similar, but Nick Mullins is not Aaron Rodgers. And that's totally fine. But I think Kyle Shanahan should be able to come up with some plays that at least put his players in position to have some success. So that, I think, will be key in addition to running the ball down the Saints' throat as much as possible, which, again, is no easy task because the Saints, uh, they have a pretty strong run defense. Last week, they finished with about an 80 per uh, run grade, run defense grade per pro football focus. Worst all year has been a 53.4, and that was in week one. So they're averaging, I'd say, about a 68, 69 uh, grade, which is pretty solid. So the 49ers are definitely going to have their hands full. And I think we've been saying it for weeks now. If they want a spark, it needs to come in special teams. We have not seen any sort of success in kick returns, punt returns. We've even seen some punts blocked, some extra points blocked. The 49ers need to get their special teams together because it's been abysmal so far. And it kind of encapsulates how the whole 2020 season has gone for them. It's just, you know, mistake after mistake, error after error. They can't get the ball to bounce their way. And it even comes down to that in injuries. So we talk about how all the things can go right. But unfortunately, I'm not expecting much of them to go right this year. I don't know if that's too pessimistic of me. You know, I wouldn't necessarily say it's pessimistic, Zach, because the reality of it is that of it is that this team is just a mess 
And I can credit Shanahan and the coaching staff for trying to work around everything as much as they want. But the bottom line is that this injuries or these injuries have just derailed what was a promising season. And not even the best of coaching staffs can overcome all of this. I mean, come on, man. You're missing the starting quarterback, the starting two or three starting running backs. You're missing your number one wide receiver. You're missing your number one tight end. You're missing your number one center. You're missing what feels like a right guard because no one wants to play right guard well in this offense for some reason. Then you go on the defensive side of the ball where you're missing Bosa and you're missing Blair and Thomas and you're just missing Sherman and Tart now and Ward is banged up and all these guys are just getting injured left and right, man. They're dropping like flies. And again, the reality of it is that these these coaches just can't adjust and Shanahan can do everything he can, and that's the part of me that wants to believe is that Shanahan and Sala both are smart enough to make these adjustments and get the job done. But when you just have these injuries hitting left and right, and they are constantly changing his game plan, they're constantly changing how Shanahan wants to run the offense. Like I'll tell you right now, man, with all these injuries that happen probably in the middle of practice also, Shanahan is constantly changing his game plan, and there's no consistency. There's nothing he can do that can really set in stone a solid game plan coming into a game and i bet man i bet he probably makes so many different backup plays for his offense just because he at this point is probably anticipating injuries from either or anyone on offense so it's really just it's really just a scary situation zach but i'll tell you i don't think it's pessimistic i in the sense i agree with you it's like the reality of it is that these guys just can't complete they're not a good competing squad when everyone is hurt and they can make a game look good they can make a game look good for one quarter but when the moment it hits the second quarter man and the other team scores a touchdown like seattle did the other week it just feels like that's game over from there and it sucks it sucks to look at it from that way but again everyone's hurt no one can really adapt and adjust on the go and that's just what happens, dude. It's just what happens when you face this many injuries. And as much as you want to believe in the team, and as much as I want to believe in the team, it's just Zach Wilson is looking really good in the Niners quarterback, man. I'm loving all these edits I'm seeing on Twitter. And it's like, you know, at some point you just got to separate the success of the team from the business and the big picture. And like you said earlier, it's like as much as, Bosa probably shouldn't have happened. It did happen. And look what it resulted in last season. Now imagine what would happen if if this results in Zach Wilson. And again, I don't want to talk about the team tanking. It's really hard to talk about it not in that way. But it's a business, dude. You got to look at the big picture. You got to realize that as much as we want the team to be good now, I want the team to be good in 10 years consistently after this season. And... It's just, it's however you want the team to go about it, man. But I just want these guys to be good. I just want these guys to be healthy. And it's just one game at a time at this point, man. Every game this season feels the same at this point. And it just feels like that whatever happens, happens. And if they win, they win. If they lose, they lose. And we always have something to talk about, man. We always have something to look forward to. I think just at this point, it definitely feels like the draft is something I'm really looking forward to after all this. Yeah, dude, I, I hear you. And I just keep telling you know uh, fans, the faithful out there, just hang in there because it's going to be worth it. There's going to be a sweet payoff regardless on how this year finishes. Um, there will be a nice reward for you come April. 
Um, and I'm excited to see what this team can do. I saw an article, I believe it was in Bleach Report. I could be wrong, though. Don't fact check me on that. That the 49ers is the most attractive position for quarterbacks. Um, or I should say opportunity for, for quarterbacks coming in. Um, either in the draft or in free agency, just because they have pretty much everything set up. They just need a competent shot caller under center. And there's also a lot of steam that Sam Darnold could be a guy that ends up getting traded for, you know, a late fourth round pick or something like that of a sort. Um, and, and he could be a nice stopgap quarterback until the 49ers are able to, you know, kind of groom their young rookie who I think we both hope they take with their first round pick. Um, they've kind of gone bargain and, you know, uh, taken shots on, on veterans or, 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 you know, kind of a couple year guys like Jimmy Garoppolo that have been in the league already for a few years. I want them to spend a premium first round pick on a quarterback. They have not done that since Alex Smith, and it took him a solid five, six years, no fault of his own, to develop into a good quarterback. So I want them to spend a top premium pick on a shot caller on a uh you know brilliant quarterback like a Zach Wilson because I think the 49ers definitely deserve it it's time they need to catch up with the rest of the league they need to catch up with the rest of the NFC West um they cannot be have a t- excuse me they cannot have be the team with the worst quarterback when you have Jared Goff in your division they just cannot continue to do that so looking forward I really am excited for that and guys, we are here on 49ers Hive. We're going to have so much draft coverage coming at you. Stuart, our draft guy, is going to be bringing you a lot of draft coverage, um, you know, coming soon, but definitely this offseason. So look out for that. Um, and I saw, uh, excuse me, Anthony on uh, CanBR. John Lynch was talking, and he recently appeared. And, you know, this quote from him just makes me so excited, man. Uh, John Lynch on college quarterbacks. This is per Brian Murphy of KMBR. We look at them all. Adam Peters did go to Boise State and watch a BYU game. That garnered a lot of attention. The elephant in the room is Jimmy. Here's what I know. We're a better team when he's out there. Struggled to win without him. Do you think that that's John kind of being nice and addressing it in a polite way, but still hinting at the fact that Look, we know we got to move on from this guy. We're doing our due diligence. Just hang in there, faithful. I want to say this jokingly, but not too seriously, man. That's me thinking like, man, John Lynch is like, look, guys, we know Jimmy Garoppolo sucks, okay? <laughs> like, he's, the, he's the best worst option we have at this point. And it's like, guys, be patient. We're trying our asses off here. We know Kyle Shanahan has the quarterback he wants in mind. There's no reason for me to believe that the Niners aren't going to take a quarterback this coming year. It's just a matter of who it's going to be. We all like Zach Wilson, dude. I think we all like Trey Lance. We all like Trevor Lawrence. We all like Mac Jones and Justin Fields, Zach. And there's plenty of options to go around. And this is the thing where it's like, I want the Niners to be aggressive going after a quarterback, but I'll tell you, if they are picking like 14th or 15th and Zach Wilson falls to them or teams aren't confident in Trey Lance's um, consistency because he was a one-year wonder or for whatever reason, Justin Fields gets hurt and falls or there's all kinds of factors that go into this, man. But the bottom line, I think, is that John Lynch knows that this fan base has been calling for a new quarterback 
it feels like everyone else inside the league is calling for a new quarterback. We saw Matt Miller on Bleach Report saying that Adam Peters, who was at the BYU game, and that was based off Matt Barr, just hearing those words, and we can take Matt Miller's words for granted or with a grain of salt or whatever it may be, but Zach, when you see the words coming out, it's it's sounding like for all of us and it's sounding like for people inside the Niners organization, it is already draft season, dude. It is already time to be looking forward to April. So when you have these quarterback reports coming out now, it gets you really excited that these guys are listening and that they know what's at stake here. And I'll tell you, dude, it's like if they do keep Garoppolo or not, okay, that's whatever. But this type of move, being aggressive at going after a quarterback, that kind of tells me that not Kyle Shanahan, I think he's fine. But it tells me that John Lynch is going, all right, you know what? I think my seat is starting to get a little warm. I might be starting to get on the hot seat here. It might not necessarily be now, but if we don't get success from the team following next season or the season after, I think a lot of questions will come to play for Jed York and that entire staff. So this is John Lynch's make or break season, I think, Zach. And it depends on what happens with the team, regardless if they win or not. But it's big. It's going to be a really big offseason for the team. It's going to be a really big draft year for the team. And it all it's all based on if they win the Saints game or not, man. It really is. And it's like if they beat the Saints, it's like, wow, either the Saints had a really bad game or... Or the Niners go out there and just play perfect football and shock the entire football world. So much is to, to be determined about what's going to happen, Zach. But I'll tell you right now, it's that if these guys are either going to put it all together or let it all fall apart, there's a draft pick with their name on it next year. And that draft pick with a name, I think, is going to be at the quarterback position. That's all I'm going to say about that without getting too excited. Man, I, I really can't wait. Um, it's going to be an exciting offseason, guys. And I know we're you know midway through 2020. However, as a 49ers fan this year, we just can't help but look ahead. Um, all I ask of you guys is that you, you stick it out with us. We will be bringing you coverage. Uh, I know we haven't dropped a podcast in a little over a week, I believe, um, with the game being on Thursday. It was kind of you know awkward timing for us. We're both getting busy, but we do want to bring you guys a lot of coverage not only here on the red and gold standard podcast but on 49ers hive as a whole check out our youtube channel 49ers hive we do a show tuesday through friday we also go live on the day before the game and the, uh, right after the game i want to say saturdays and sundays but they don't always play on sunday so uh, the day before 49ers game check us out we're live and immediately after we go live as well recapping the game we have a great time on those live streams um, and, you know, check out 49ershive.com. We got some great writers, get some articles out, and we are just really committed to bringing you guys the best coverage moving forward. Um, you can get it all here at 49ershive.com. But, Anthony, why don't we go ahead and wrap things up here, and let's go into our predictions. Um, why don't you go ahead and go first. Offensive MVP, who do you got? Offensive MVP. I'm going to avoid the quarterback position because no matter what happens with this team, I think quarterback is too easy to pick. Ah, man, this is tough. You know what, though? I think I'm going to rock with Richie James, dude. Richie James had a really good game against the Packers. I was watching a lot of that game film, and I think Grant Cohen was saying that River Craycraft got double-teamed quite a bit. I don't know if that was true or not because Grant Cohen is kind of a psycho for the better, but... 
when you see Richie James excel, it gives you a lot of confidence that he is the receiver that really was supposed to be what Trent Taylor was when he was healthy. And you see a lot of people calling for Trent Taylor's head saying, cut this dude, cut this dude. When really is that a wide receiver, they have no better option. So they have to keep this guy. But even with Brandon Ayuk coming back, and even while they're missing Debo Samuel and George Kittle and possibly Jordan Reed too, I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. I think this will be another big Richie James game, Zach. I'm going to give him my offensive MVP. I don't think he's going to put up big flashy numbers, but against the Saints secondary that although has been playing well, has its moments of weaknesses and getting exposed, I think James could have himself a nice day. I'm going to slot James with... Man, if he's lined up in the slot or whatever happens to him, I think James is going to get like a four to five catch day, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit air on the popular side and say five catches. I'm gonna give James five catches, let's say sixty-four yards and a touchdown. I think James won't have a big, big day, but based on how he did against the Packers, man, I still think he's pretty he's still one of the hotter wide receivers coming into this game for the Niners. And I think he'll give give himself a good amount of volume and I think he'll get a good amount of targets and make the most of it. That's a good one. Um last week against the Green Bay Packers, Richie James completely went off. Off the top of my head, I think he had like seven receptions for 169 yards and a touchdown, if I remember correctly. That was fantastic. That's the Richie James 49ers fans have been hoping for ever since he entered the league. And uh, that night, you know, Richard Sherman tweeted, it's never been about lack of talent. It's been, you know, lack of opportunity. And now that there were some injuries to the position, um, you know, he was excited to see Richie James finally get his. And if he's able to repeat that, the 49ers have something with him moving forward because they haven't really seen that before. Um... As far as my pick, I don't believe it, and, and this is going to sound funny me asking you now, but I don't believe Brandon Ayuk is injured. I feel like I need to ask that before making my pick, correct? Yeah, Ayuk is going to play. I was reading my fantasy football app, not on ESPN, but on Sleepers, and they're like, yeah, Brandon Ayuk should be good to go. Expect him to get like 10 plus targets. I was like, shit. Or shoot, my bad. Okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess I'll put Ayuk in, in my lineup and see what happens. So, yeah, Ayuk should be all good to go, man. Yeah, well, letting the count out of the bag, that's my offensive MVP prediction. Um, you know, I saw PFF tweeted out today. He is fifth in rookies with uh, the most 15 or more yard receptions this year with 11. That's just fantastic. Um, the, the whole list is Justin Jefferson, 17, Jerry Judy, 16, C.D. Lamb, 14, T. Higgins, thir- uh, 13, and Brandon Ayuk, 11. Shout out to Justin Jefferson, by the way. Absolutely balling, killing it for my fantasy league. Um, but as far as Brandon Ayuk, I think he's going to have a hell of a day. I think he's going to have 100 yards receiving. Um, it seems like Mullins, when he finds a receiver, he cannot unglue his eyes from that receiver. Hopefully it's Brandon Ayuk because the kid is extremely talented and uh, I think he can really get the ball rolling here for the 49ers on offense if Mullins is able to hit him in open space or, you know, actually get the ball to him and not get picked off. Um, Who do you have for defense, Anthony? Defensive MVP, Zach. It's it's really hard to find a bright spot on this defense just because the pass rush is all gone. Obviously the only bright brightest of bright stars outside of Jason Red is Fred Warner man Fred Warner is playing like an all pro I will tell you right now he probably won't 
or no, you know what? Maybe he will. I think I think Fred Warner's gonna get Defensive Player of the Year votes, dude. I really do. Fred Warner has been that good. If Fred Warner isn't an All Pro man, I will personally go to the NFL office wherever it may be, and I will write them an angry letter, and then hand deliver that angry letter to them and tell them, "Hey, look, Fred Warner is an All Pro," and that's not even the NFL. NFL's thing, dude. That's the Associated Press. But you know what? I'm going to give it to the NFL anyway just because I can stick it to him. But, man, if I'm taking my eyes off of Fred Warner, I think I want to say that I'm going to give my defensive MVP to Kerry Hyder. Look, Zach, Kerry Hyder is basically playing that Ronald Blair role where this guy can line up anywhere on the defensive line and still do something. And Kerry Hyder might not be the big, splashy defensive end that the Niners wanted in guys like Nick Bosa and D. Ford, but Kerry Hyder is playing his role, and he's doing it beautifully. So I'm going to give him my MVP, Zach. I think he will get a sack and a half. I'm going to go one and a half sacks, two TFLs. Obviously, he's going to be lined up against either Teron Armstead or Ryan Ramchek, two of the best tackles in football. So who knows? They can maybe go out there and take his lunch money, but... Just the way Hyder's been playing, man, I believe in the guy more so than it feels like a lot of other people. And even if the Niners get blown out, it doesn't matter, dude. I think Hyder is still going to have a really good day. So I'm going to lock him in that one and a half sack sack. One and a half sacks for Kerry Hyder, and he's going to be my MVP. Man, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Kerry Hyder has been the unsung hero this year for the 49ers defense. Um, I've talked about him previously, but he came in. You know, replacing Nick Bosa, such huge shoes to fill. But he's been really good. He's been a fantastic surprise for the 49ers. They're extremely lucky to have him, and he would start on most, if not all, teams in the NFL. So I really like that pick, Anthony. It's a great pick. Uh, For me, I think this is going to be a tough one, but I think this is going to be a game for Jason Verrett. Um, You mentioned him earlier. And it's been Fred Warner, Jason Verrett. Those are the brightest two spots for the 49ers defense. And then you get guys like Kerry Hyder. I think he's going to pick Drew Brees. And this is going me going out there with my predictions. I think he's going to have two interceptions on Sunday. I think um, you know he's going to have a little bit to say about the Saints receivers and Emmanuel Sanders balling out against the 49ers. And I'm going to go with two interceptions and a couple passes uh, broken up. I think Verrett is going to showcase his skills down in New Orleans and the 49ers will, you know, might have a decision to make come come the end of the year if they're going to bring him back, depending on uh, what his contract, you know, rewards him with. Uh, All right. Wrap things up here before we do, guys, real quick. If you have not uh, subscribed to our YouTube channel Go search us on YouTube right now, 49ers Hive. Hit that subscribe button. Once we reach 2,000 subscribers, we'll be giving away another 49ers jersey. That will be our fourth one that we've given away uh, since we started the channel. Also, if you like the show, go leave a five-star review right now on Apple Podcasts. It's the best thing you can do to help us out. We really do appreciate it. Um, So thank you all who have already done that. Anthony, let's wrap this up. What is your final score prediction? From the beginning of the podcast, man, I told you, this is one of those games where I think it's a trap game for the Saints, and I love Adam Lefko with all of my heart, man. He's one of my favorite football talk host show guys ever. He's one of my favorite guys ever. That's the bottom line. And listening listening to Adam Lefko talk about how watching the Saints dance and mess around in a black lit room and Sean Payton is all 
dancing with them after absolutely stomping the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And here you have a 49ers team that just got mollywalked by the Packers the week previously. You have some guys that are going to come in there, and they're going to come in pretty pissed off. And I'm going to tell you, watching the Niners play, I don't think they just go out there and roll over in games, man. These guys try until basically they really can't, and the game really is out of reach. And this is one of those games where it's like, the Niners are playing for their season, Zach. I really do. If they can't win this game, and I know after this game, they have a few other winnable games and games against the Redskins. Uh, who else do they play? They got to play the Redskins. Let's see. I think they got to play Arizona again. And although Arizona's playing well, I still think they're beatable by all means. They still have a pretty softer schedule moving forward after this. And... It's one of those games where it's like, if they can beat the Saints somehow, I think there is still hope to make the playoffs, and that will be another episode as they have a bye week after this, and maybe we'll do a whole big breakdown about where the team really is and where we want the team to be at the end of the season, Zach, but... You know what? I think I'm going to give the Niners the benefit of the doubt in this game. They're playing pissed off. I don't think they want to lose. As much as the team would like a new quarterback, I think Kyle Shanahan and that entire team are too stubborn to lose. The Saints are coming in probably pretty cocky and confident, and we see what happens when Sean Payton plays plays soft, and we see him play with um, kind of just too much swagger and really just lets the game go. I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. I think the Niners are going to whip it out somehow. It's crazy. All the odds are against the Niners, Zach, and it's probably dumb of me to predict this, but you know what? I'm going to go with the big underdog here, Zach. I really think the Niners can do it. Give me the Niners 33 and the Saints 30. I think it's going to be a one-field goal game once again. And lastly, these guys are coming in pissed off. The 49ers, I can't stress that enough. These guys want to go out there and win and make a statement to the football world. And if they're going to do it, they're going to do it against the Saints, Zach. Give me 33-30, to San Francisco 49ers. Damn, all right. I love it. Um, That's a hell of a prediction, man. I got to say, I was not expecting that. Um, and, And it really depends on a lot of things breaking their way. I just don't see it, unfortunately. I do not think the 49ers are going to come out victorious. Uh, but here, here, I will give you this. I think they're going to be competitive. I think after the absolute beatdown they took from Green Bay on nationally televised TV, I think Kyle Shanahan, Robert Sala, uh, guys like that are going to get this team right, and they're at least going to have them in the game. I think they're going to lose this game 21-34, uh, to 34, kind of a random score. I don't know why I have that in my mind. But I just think that that's what the 49ers are going to walk away with. And I think they're going to have an all right day. It's not going to be in a, com- a complete embarrassing loss for the team. But they're still going to leave New Orleans uh, with another one added to the L column, unfortunately. Um, either way, guys, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. Uh, like I said, if you were listening to this on Saturday, the day before the game, Go and check out our YouTube channel. We will be going live previewing the game um, in the afternoon, Pacific time. And also after the game on Sunday, um, after it concludes, check us out on Twitter, on YouTube. We will be going live as well, recapping the game. So come and join those live streams. We have a blast. We take questions. We you know cover all aspects of the game. And you will not want to miss it. But uh, as far as this podcast episode 
we are all done here. So thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Red Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Hernan. Make sure you follow the podcast at RGS Pod. Anthony, why don't you let the folks know where to find you and close things out for us. Guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. I know it's been some time, but you know what, man? It's been crazy times for all of us. And I'll tell you that with everything going on with the 49ers, dude, from draft stuff to criticizing players to Grant Cohn just getting blasted by guys like Eric Armstead and others like usual, I think 49ers is back. 49ers football is back in full flow whether they are good or not dude and we're kind of hitting the dog days of football where it's like teams are separating everything is going on and you know what even with the injury sack it still feels like the 49ers are kind of stuck in the middle and we don't know what to make of this team we really don't with the expanded playoffs the Niners still have a shot at making it it's just a matter of do they want to make it do we want them to make it you know (laughs) it's a lot of questions but guys I can't stress it enough Thank you for listening to another episode. Follow me on Twitter, 49ers Perry. That's 49ers P-E-R-R-Y and put it all together. And as always, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast.